people, you are now listening to the Power Post Game Report. I, of course, am always one of your hosts, Triple D, and across from me, as always, is. This is your boy, Carlos D. What's good, my man? Not much, man. Just still on the high of uh, this roller coaster of an episode we have, uh, episode eight, Deal with the Devil. How are you, man? Uh, like, like I said, this thing has been an exciting last couple of weeks. This was another, to me, high episode. Um, that's kind of getting us ready for this final two before they go on this uh, mid-season break. Another another strong one for me. I, I totally agree. This one was definitely uh, just a lot, a lot to unpack. And I don't know if it was just the um, the suspense of it all and the excitement of it all. I don't know why, but like this episode felt fast. I don't know about fast, but like short. Like maybe they skimmed us on some minutes, but again, it, it could have easily been just the the pace yeah i think it was good i think it was a good flow a good pace of it i I don't think i don't i didn't clock it but i don't feel like it was shorter than any other episode but i do understand what you're saying like it was one of those things where there weren't any dull scenes or scenes that were just kind of like filler scenes it kept you move it kept the story moving from when they first started all the way to that very uh climatic ending i don't know if i'm using am i using that word right climatic ending. oh yeah definitely yeah 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 so now it, it was a, it was a, it was a nice flow, and it, it the scenes all kind of linked together. It wasn't dead scenes. It wasn't like horrible pacing. They did a really good job. Whoever directed this episode did a really good job of keep pacing, keeping the pace going and moving it well. Definitely, definitely. You ready to jump in? Let's go for it, man. All right. So hold on, what, real rip. quick, real quick, before we even get okay. into this, one thing I didn't like about this episode was that they made no mention of the homie BG man, and I was Tommy's wait reaction. I was going to wait until the end and we we might as well, like we might as well. Yeah. That was super weird to me. Um, it, it's almost like it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, cause at this point, a couple of days, if you just follow the course of the episode, many days pass during the course of this episode. So yeah. how is Tommy not having right. any reaction to BGB and dead? Right. And, you know, he, he even seemed like not even that, concerned that that besides bg getting killed but like dre escaped like i figured we would at least get him like you know what i'm saying chewing out two bit and spank for leaving him by himself but like nothing it's almost like it didn't happen and i thought that was super strange yeah i mean the only thing i think is maybe the, the three stooges didn't report back in but i feel like tommy is like really hands-on with his his dealings and I know he's dealing yeah. with some personal stuff, but I don't think he took a vacation from his drug enterprise for several days just so he could play house out in the suburbs. Right. Right. But I I was totally going to wait. That was going to be like my one of my closing remarks that uh, that was my truthfully my only disappointment with the episode was that like granted he wasn't a major character. It was so you can't consider it, a, I guess, a major death, but at this stage of the show, at this stage of the game, he was a he was a key player. You know what I mean? Like he stepped up and to like there be literally no mention of it was just strange. Like it was super strange to me. Um but, you know, hopefully maybe next episode we'll get we'll get some idea. Who knows? Maybe maybe Tommy doesn't know that that BG is dead. He from the the way this episode kind of took place, it really it kind of did seem like Tommy <laughs> took a few PTO days and, and is chilling with his quote unquote family, you know, moving into this new house. So 
it's very possible that he he took Keisha up to this new place and he pretty much just been back and forth to the um to his you know his loft which i guess we'll we'll never see the loft again uh the way it's looking and um maybe he maybe he he wholeheartedly just doesn't know because if i were too bit and spank i wouldn't know exactly how to break this news to him that you know we got that he got away and whatnot um but yeah, before we uh, anything else you want to throw in before we 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 dive in? No, nah, that was just it. I was just I was very curious how they just made no mention of it. Now, like I said, he wasn't a main character, but he was very loyal and a very intricate part of Tommy's organization. So I just thought it was odd. Right, right. All right. So off the break, we get Saks on a uh, suspension, um, out amongst the people. Gets gets ran up on by Dre immediately, uh, demanding that he take the ankle monitor off. And um, I think I, I think one of the things I liked about this is that for as much crap as uh, Dre gives people, like I love the fact that even though he's he's clearly soft and not you know not anyone tough, I love the fact that Sax never backs down to Dre. Like um, he pretty much has him over a barrel with this ankle monitor, and he's with him on with it on. Like he's pretty much radioactive. Um, you know, Dre talks to, to Ghost and is like, hey, man, I, I I need help. And Ghost tells him, like, look, man, like, you got you got a hall monitor badge on. Like, stay away from me. Like, until you get that off, like, you don't know me. How did you feel about the opening? Yeah, that was a good. Like I said, it was good. And Sax had a funny line in this. When, I think he told uh, Dre told him, fuck you. And basically he was yeah. like, uh, maybe later or something like that. So I was like, right. t- how in, in the face of all these, you know, criminals, Sax always does kind of keep it cool for the most part. Um, it always has like kind of some type of witty response. So I like that. Um, but it, it, like I said, this was the thing that kind of started off the episode where uh, Sax kind of was put into a panic mode. And then Dre also was put into a similar panic mode. Um, and both of them trying to figure out what their next steps are uh, moving forward. So it was a good opening scene. Yeah, um, I like I like kind of in that conversation with um, with Ghost. Um, Ghost kind of tells him like, "Yo, like you you got caught slipping on two occasions. One with the with the tracking device, you know, the ankle monitor, and two by getting kidnapped by Tommy. So like you you messed up your interview twofold with uh with Jason. So we're done. And it didn't really hit me until like I kind of thought it over and kind of replayed the uh, the episode just just to view it." Um, yeah, I think that was Dre's decision to go full, I'm a, you know, I'm about me mode and like, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do and snitch on whoever I need to, to get this thing off me. Right. Um, cause I mean, he's always been out for himself and that's one of Dre's, uh, trademark things is that he will do whatever he can to make sure he is the one that's on top or the one that's surviving. Um, but he took some drastic measures in this episode that oh, I don't yeah. know if he's taken, well, I mean, technically he snitched on Jimenez, but that was under some duress because his life was on the line. Right. And this one, his life right. is not necessarily on the line, but he doesn't really have a way to get back into making a living for himself. Right. Um, so we're at Casa de la Tommy. Um, meet the Egan's, the big old house. Tommy's moving stuff in. And um, we pretty much get the the first kind of full interaction with um all three of them kind of come to terms with this this new living situation 
And one thing I picked up on it, you know, Tommy's like, he keeps asking Keisha, like, do you like it? Like, you like this, right? And it, it's, you know, right on brand for Tommy that, like, he's he's used to instant gratification. You know, he's not about, he needs to know. Like, if he wants to know something, he needs to know immediately. So it's like, he he's looking for this, 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 uh, this big stamp of approval from Keisha, you know, when Keisha's, you know, being a mom and being focused on the fact that, you know, her son is in a new environment and they pretty much give him the condensed version of the uh, black kid in the white kid neighborhood uh, speech that a lot of kids get where it's just like, you know, you're, you don't look like everybody else and people are going to treat you like you're not everybody else. Um, how did you feel about about all that? Yeah, I thought I think this was the first misleading thing that they gave us from the uh, promo from the week before when Tommy's telling him to come talk to me, even if it's the police. I thought yeah. that was going to be more about you know them dealing with some type of police interaction, but like I said, it was it turned out to be just a classic uh, young black boy in America kind of this is just uh, how the world is kind of talk. So I thought that was an interesting thing that they kind of gave us, and I thought they gave us that a lot in this episode about like just how to interact with um, the police or interact in situations where, you know, just you being you is going to be upsetting to a lot of people um, for no other reason other than you are a young black male. So I, I think that was a nice little twist as opposed to kind of what they normally just give us on this show, which is just about just kind of like the the fun entertainment value of it. So I thought it was an interesting yeah. twist. Um, it was also good to see finally see Cash and Tommy actually interact because we I think yeah. it's the first time we've ever seen them maybe really have at all talk. conversations yeah yeah aside from the uh the quick one they did where they were playing video games but um yeah we actually got like some some relationship development between the both of them um i, I when you were talking about like how how they flipped it i really like how they sort of flipped um tommy trying to be the one you know give his 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 version of the i'm i was the only person in my neighborhood who looked like me which i thought was it was true but also kind of hilarious it's like yeah i'm the only i'm the only white boy in this all black neighborhood and i got beat up every day mm -hmm. um so I, I thought that was an interesting little flip even though i think tommy the way they they let him kind of stop himself it's i think it kind of showed it like okay it's the same but it's not really the same yeah. you know what i'm saying it's definitely not as heavy plus keisha gave one of them looks like come on bro we don't need uh yeah we're not yeah. trying to encourage him <laughs> to get into fights and all this type of stuff we're trying to teach him a lesson about protecting yourself as a black guy in, in this country. Right. Um, and we get the, the line, like you said earlier, if anyone gives you a hard time, police or anyone, tell me. And if, this would obviously come back into play later. So next scene is uh, Saks sitting in uh, Tamika's office and Tamika didn't, didn't, uh, didn't leveled up. Since yeah. being let go from the the uh, district attorney's he, office, he definitely she didn't glowed like up legit. on us. The right. wig looking nice, the the suit the looking white fresh. Suit. The, like, the okay, office with so, the big windows. Right, she looked like Olivia Pope for real, like or or Viola Davis, and how to get away with murder or something. I was like, okay, I'm I, I'm glad things worked out for her. Right. Um, how did you feel about that interaction? Like to me, the biggest thing that came out of that interaction was um, one. She she kind of told him what it, what the situation was. She also acknowledged something that we as um, viewers have been acknowledging for a while that he's a part of the good old you know white boy legal club. I think that's what she right. called it. 
and That's he's been literally what she called it. Yeah, given a lot of leeway because of his involvement in in this white privilege thing. So she kind of pointed it out to him, and they also let him know, look, basically the only reason they kept you there, um, even though you messed up so many times, was because one, you're a white boy, and the two, also you are the last link to all this trouble, and Warren was gonna need a scapegoat if if something started going wrong. So you messed up a lot. You messed up even more since you have been the sole person that's left. And now you got two options. Either prove what you're saying is facts or you're going to be in jail. Um, and it's not a matter of, I think she said, something along the lines of not matter of when, but how long or something like that. Right. It was like, not. I don't think it was a matter of if and when. It's a matter of how long and where. Right, right. Um, she pretty much told, yeah, like you said, like it's all everything you said. Like sex is going down. Period, and she 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 straight up told him like it's a wrap for you. Like you are not going to bounce back from this. Like you've you've been skating, as she said, on you know the white boy legal club, but it's a wrap. Gate party's over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was dope. So Sax immediately starts throwing hail marys. Oh yeah. Um, goes to Tariq's school. And that was an interesting setup. Like when they're giving the um the school tour, I I expected I'm looking for Tariq in the back of that tour because you know he's just starting the school and whatnot. So when they they do the reveal that it's Sax mm-hmm. and that he's looking for him, um, I was like, okay, like Sax is he's fi- this is finally what what back against the wall Sax looks like because he like we said he's been coasting for seasons now, um, but yeah he presses Tariq in school in front of all these kids um this is this is a, the act of a desperate man yeah um how did you feel I, about uh that I think like you, you I think you summed that up perfectly uh he is he, he in hell Murray mode he like nothing else has worked this is my last result is just try to put as much pressure on these people um why I can still kind of put some pressure on them because at that point I think he was already officially suspended um yeah. and of course they don't know this but he got to lose whatever th- authority he thinks he has, has all these people to try to get one of them to talk because all his other scams have led to nothing but dead witnesses and dead ends. So like full, full, full Hail Murray mode, his, his plan at this point just seems to be to talk to anybody and everybody remotely connected to this, this case to try to put some fear on him. Um, but you know, he met a dead end again because Tariq, uh, for all the dumb stuff he does, he does do a lot of smart things and he basically used the law against him. He like, you know, I'm a, I'm a minor. You come into my school um, unannounced to harass me about something. My parents aren't involved. I don't got a lawyer. I think you need to leave. And, of course, Sachs immediately turned telling him, Ryan. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I, I did notice about that episode, completely unrelated. Um, I'm, I'm a little jealous of uh, Tariq and that, you know, that the young boy hair. Uh, my hairline has been departed um, <laughs> for who? It's been over ten years now, but uh, it's, the waves are just the waves are crispy. Yeah. And, um, shout out to whoever you know, the stylist and the people on in makeup or whatever. Um, is they they keep the boy crispy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. You're not we in the same boat, man. So yeah. You know, I ain't seen no waves or no fresh hairline, and probably as long as you said you in law shows. That's when I lost mine. So. I, you know, yeah. I ain't really think about it, but I, I get jealous. everybody on the show got a Chris hairline. Lorenz Tate older than both you and I, his hairline crispy. I mean, okay. so it ain't just the young boys; it's, it's just the genetic thing. And we, we, you know, we lost genetic lottery when it came to that. Uh, I guess that hairline thing, but you know, 
maybe, maybe we still young. They might they might cure baldness one day. Let's hope. I wouldn't mind. But at least you look good, man. I'm gonna give you credit, man. You got you got a nice shaped head for that clean, cool, bald look. I can't pull it off because my head ain't shaped right. I think you're good, man. Like I think you're good. I appreciate what you said, and I I heard that, and I do appreciate that. Um, because they, my man, you know, the first time I did it, banned. Like they, you know, they they ate me alive. They called me a chemo patient. It was it was rough. Um. But I appreciate it. But I think you're good, man. I, I feel like you're good. You know, I think you just need to embrace it and, you know, just become one with it. You yeah, know man. what I'm saying? The only reason I don't do it All is right. I also got a, a sensitive scalp, man. If I if I shave my head, like, with a razor, I've done it in the past, it, it really irritates my scalp. So that's why I only really do the one the one once-a-week buzz cut. And then the I rest, I just kind of let it go. Because I always used to be when I was younger. And now we don't went on off on a tangent. But I used to see dudes with like the oh, yeah. George Jefferson and all that type of stuff. I'd be like, oh, why yeah. don't they just shave their head all the way bald? But now I get I get it as a as a man living in it now. Uh, but before we, you know, we can start a bald talk um, support group and podcast <laughs> later. <laughs> right. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Us. Yeah. Yeah, I know where to reach us. So um, if that was the first play and Sax threw up a Hail Mary and they missed it, um, damn it if he didn't go for the same play. Uh, he clearly immediately leaves the school and yeah. drives out to God knows where, suburbia, to uh, pretty much do the same thing to Keisha. Um, press a weaker target, and... though. So he probably oh, should have yeah, went definitely. there first. Right. I mean, but, you know, it, it could have been one of those uh, those proximity things. And, yeah. you know, I'm, it's it also like the obsession. In the, city. the obsession yeah. with Ghost. Like, his whole thing is getting Ghost. Oh, and yeah. I think he thinks Tariq is easy to get to Ghost. And. Cause Tommy has, seems to be like secondary to him. Like if he get Tommy, okay. But his his thing is, I want Jamie St. Patrick. I want Jamie St. Patrick. Right. Right. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um. So he hops on whatever highway and goes to to track down Keisha. And Keisha, to a degree, holds it together. But Sachs, he kind of lets it know be known that like we're I'm on to you. Um, he, he, yeah, that's right. I believe, was it him? Was it him that let it drop or was it her that, um, as in Blanca that, that lets Keisha know that like, yeah, your name's on this, this deed or this lease or whatever. I think they both did it. Yeah. He did it to start um, and make it seem like Tommy might be trying to set her up and then Blanca just kind of re, re put that back onto her later on in the episode as well. Right. So he's again, the act, the acts of a desperate man, um, Keisha, for the most part, keeps it together. Um, good on her. And uh, Sachs kind of, he leaves for now defeated. Um, any thoughts on that particular run-in? I think this kind of started this slippery slope that Keisha ended up on in this episode where she's yeah. getting all of a sudden hit um, back to back to back with, uh, as we go further into the episode, with people questioning her or police approaching her. And... I think this was like a, a, a thing that kind of started her in this seed that ended up in the results of what happens at the end of the episode. So that was the biggest thing out of it. For Sachs, like you said, was still Stonehill Marys, but I think his, while he got totally rebuffed by um, Tariq, this time the ball got, you know, batted up in the air a couple of times. It still ended up on the yeah. ground, but at least his yeah. his person got his his, his hands on it um, in this particular yeah. situation with, with uh, Keisha. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Back in school, enter Mr. Rattler, uh, Tariq's, I'm going to assume, history or uh, social studies teacher. Um, 
kind of pressing him out, and he he looked shaky from jump. Um, before, yeah, he looked like, like he, he was fiending. His, yeah, while teaching, right? Um, but he he ramped it up once everybody left. Um, had like he, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you start that one off because I'm still yeah like, semi kind of processing. When I first saw him, I thought when he was I thought initially he was going to Tariq because he looked like he was spaced out or high in the class. And then I was like, maybe he just bored because the students don't seem to be that engaged. And we always had teachers, you know, sometimes you have teachers that's kind of like flaky. But to me, it was more like he was coming as a fiend. Like he was like, man, yeah. are, are you holding? Because I'm trying to bow. I'm trying to cop something for me. And it wasn't a situation where he was um, necessarily, you know, he plays it off as, uh, oh, I'm just, I heard about your history at your old school. I'm just making sure you ain't doing nothing wrong. Um, but I think in the beginning, if Tariq would like, yeah, I got a, you know, I got a, I got a dub bag or something like that, he'd have burned like, all right, man, let me buy it off you, and would have went and just let him go on about his business. So I think it was an interesting to um, introduce it. I'm still like kind of learning when they introduce new characters because the show was supposed to be kind of ramping down because we into like the last back end of the episodes, but I think this just kind of shows that the Tariq is going to be a Tariq spinoff. Tariq is going to have a major role in whatever this power book two or whatever it is that, that 50 keep talking about. I can see that because I'm still trying to figure out whatever happened to Burberry Q. Like did the date ever happen? It's like, why did you introduce him? Him, Effie. I think Effie's still going right. to pop back up some way. Um, uh, what's his name? Jiggy, Jiggy, Ziggy. Zig. Yeah. So I, I, it's a lot of new players that's coming into this season. Um, and we just got to kind of figure out where they're going to go or where they're going to fit in. As we get into these last couple of episodes, because I think we down into what less two more this two more this ten and then five more to kind of finish it out. So right, but to me, um, interesting, interesting introduction to a new character. What you think about it? Um, th- the same. Like I couldn't figure out what his angle was. Like even before he he puts his cards on the table, um, he while he's teaching, like he definitely seemed out of it, and I was just like, is he just? Like you, I was like, is he is he actually high or does he just super bored teaching? You know what I'm saying? Um, went through his bag, which was super grimy. Like, you know, went straight up. Which I'm I'm curious. Like, if he'd have found something on Tariq, I'm curious as to if he'd been like, look, I'm, I'm gonna take this. I'm not gonna, you know, he probably would have tried to bribe him. Like, I'm gonna take this and I'm not gonna tell on you, but get me more mm-hmm. and we can cork this out or something like that. But. Yeah, um, he uh, first introduction. I was like, this dude's gonna be a problem, quick. Yeah, um, and I couldn't tell if he was gonna be a problem once he like started searching his back because if he was gonna be a problem and he gonna be trying to shut it down, or you know he might be a a, a future customer. Excuse me, customer. But you know we saw how it played out a little bit later. Yeah. So speaking of problems, Kate just rolls up <laughs> in the crib. I My super do love Kate like, as a character. Man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like they give her just enough of her per season that she's wacky, she's crazy, um, but she also got a lot of love for her son. And even as messed up as this scene was or it turned out, I think she was still doing it like she had in her earlier interactions with Keisha to look out for Tommy, to yeah, look out for her son, right. to make sure her son is not caught up with somebody who is not going to stand strong if things get crazy. Yeah. Um. Just she wild, and all I could think was like, well, how does she know where they were? Like, but you know, I'm mm-hmm. guessing you know Tommy loving his mom, he told her he told her where, but for her to just come through with the bags and whatnot, <laughs> a um, big suitcase. <laughs> talking about, I'm man, moving in. I didn't peep it 
the first time, but like when she puts that picture up of herself <laughs> on the uh, fireplace, mm-hmm. she puts it in front of Cash's picture. I was weak. Oh my gosh! Like I didn't even realize it the first time. Right. Um. Yeah. Kate don't play no yeah, games. She, she clearly she she finally let it uh let it spill that uh Tommy Tommy killed um Holly. Right. She and, did. She just like kind of gleefully. That was the craziest part yeah. about it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm like warning you. She was like, basically, I, I feel like she was trying to put Keisha on notice. Like, look, Keisha, I'm. Th- she kind of warned her, but she also kind of let her know, like, Tommy will do something crazy if you are not 100% loyal to him. So it's like a warning not to her to get out, but one, if she's going to be here, she need to be here yeah. all the way. Yeah. Um, and then the thing, like, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm saying then in retrospect, I liked Keisha's response. Like Keisha didn't just take her crap. Keisha listened to her, telling her to Harley kill. And then Keisha still bossed up to her and told her, no, get out my house. This is my house. Right. You're not welcome here. Right. And I got Which, your son. You know, you know, I got him. Bold move. Um, so we were talking about the pictures. This is another one of those observation things when I when I kind of just had it uh, playing again. Um, there's a random picture of Tommy kissing Keisha on the forehead. I was just like, when did y'all have time to take that? And what poor soul did y'all get to take that picture? Yeah, it's like one of them um, random uh, it get married like a, engagement photo type things. Like a, It looked like a Facebook save the date. It yeah. was... Are you been lovingly <laughs> holding her or kissing her earlobe or All right. gazing like, lovingly is, at her? This is weird. Um, so, meanwhile at the daycare that uh, we rarely see kids in, um, <laughs> Tasha is having uh, class session number one with Tariq um, in an office that apparently doesn't have a, a door lock on it. Well, people just don't have no respect and like the knock. <laughs> yeah, she's giving them drug dealing one on one, telling them. I think in this this one she told them about, you know, you do make a lot of money, but like any business, it's not just all I made fifty thousand dollars, so I get to keep fifty thousand dollars. She's showing them that you know if you really want to be in this game, there are a lot of expenses involved with it. You got to pay the people to move your product. You got to pay for the product. You got to pay for the people to protect the product. So why you think you're making a lot of money off this 50000 uh, you know, you get a small percentage of that that you keep for yourself. Yeah, and I think it was a great moment, even though this this is uh, this whole thing is so fucked. But like the when she puts the money out and she's like, okay, so this is your cut. And Tariq just like gleefully reaches for it. It's just like it. That was the moment where it's just like, yeah, Tariq. Although he wants to do this, he's. It's still about the money to him. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't. He he's too short sighted to see that. Like there's more that goes into this than you think. Yeah. You um, know what this kind of reminded me of? You used to watch Cosby Show, right? I have everybody used to watch Cosby Show. Even though we yeah. was little kids on the when the Cosby Show first came out. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched like, kind of reruns. You ever see the episode when? Um, Dr. Huxable Cliff was trying to teach Theo about the world with the Monopoly money. Yeah. yeah. That's what this kind of wrote. This is like a modern 2019 updated drug dealing version of the Monopoly game. <laughs> it's the where your money goes and how you may think you live in larger because you got a certain amount of money, um, but it's easily, easily spent. And then, of course, yeah. Grandma pops in, talking about she did a pick up Yaz. Come on now. <laughs> we know Yaz ain't go to that school. What what's up with Grandma's pension? Is she busting through in white coats? I was like, was she hanging out with Tamika at the all white store? I don't know what Just Grandma be doing. On him. 
grandma just be popping up and just giving her little life lessons and telling you that she you need Jesus. You know, she profited off drug money for quite a while. Um, so while she they, preaching they probably, to her, they probably passed Jesus at this point. Um, the thing that, that tripped me out about that was she said, I'm here to pick up. Yes, but I don't see her. Where the baby? <laughs> Who baby? knows? Who like, knows? And if, the if baby is... why is she picking up yes from the daycare? If Tasha runs a daycare, why does she need a babysitter when she is a babysitter? It's ridiculous. Oh my god! Yes, don't exist. She, this whole time, she was a figment of our imagination. Yeah, which is trip. It's so crazy picking up Yaz when you watch Yaz all the time. The reason why we we haven't seen Yaz in six years because she always with you, but now you're picking her up. <laughs> right, all right. I hope I hope she's dressing as fly as you. Um, but yeah, um, Grandma, you know, trying to be the voice of reason in the situation where you know someone needs to be. And, uh, you know, lays it down like you, 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 you're leading him down a, a lot, you know, you're leading him down a, a road that he, he's not going to come back from. And like, they both had valid points, but, um, I think, I think grandma's more, I think her, her rationale was like, can you try a little harder? to keep Jarek out of this before you just, before you had just caved because, you know, she saw, she know that they weren't really trying that hard um, to keep him together. But, you know, yeah. such is, That's but, I mean, such is life. We got to see where, you know, Tariq, and I understood, understood Tasha's point of view as well. It's like, she is trying to bring him back in. She's trying to keep him at least under some type of her wing, at least, and, and out of trouble. Now, is this the smartest way to do it? Should you really be teaching your child to be a drug dealer? Of course not. But if that's the only way you think you can protect them, I understand as a mother, you're going to take whatever avenues you can to try to do it. So right. I understand both sides of it. I definitely understand the grandmother, but I also understand what Tasha's kind of point of view is. Yeah. So like straight up. So, you know, little behind the scenes, um, little behind the scenes, little tidbit. Um, when we record these, a lot of times, I, I had the episode playing in real time, sort of with pausing, just to kind of keep our what we're talking about fresh in our in our head. And yeah, uh, Grandma definitely popped in the room and said verbatim, "Hey, I'm here to pick up Yaz, but I didn't see her out there. Where is your daughter, Tasha? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Back to count drug doing? money. Oh my gosh, she probably back there." She probably at the strip club keeping her eye on um on Epiphany and uh, making sure that they they ain't out there pinching. Shit, yes, might be working at the strip club right now. She probably selling dime bags at the back of the strip club. You right. know. She probably counting it up. Not not on a stage or anything like that. We're not sickos, but she probably running security, you know what I'm saying? Um She the assistant manager. So, huh? She the assistant manager. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So I guess once Tariq uh, bails out on mom to let her face the wrath of grandma, he goes up to meet up with uh, with dad. And um, dad ghost is doing his best to just again, like (laughs) the the dude is doing so much to just try and keep it straight and narrow with people. And no one is trying to hear it. Um, He's showing them his his honest work 
uh, trying to build this this uh, this this youth center in Reyna's name, and he's going to name the basketball court after him and whatnot. And Tariq, at this, you know me, I've said it before, I'm, I'm the, the local Tariq apologist. Um, Tariq's at a point officially where it's just like he's being a dick to ghost just to be a dick to ghost. Um, like he, he pretty much just like ghost tells him like, you need to keep that. You need to put all that, that street stuff behind you, man. Like it's in the past. You need to keep moving forward or whatever. And Tariq has the audacity to say like, yeah, just like you did. It's like, yes, you idiot. That's exactly what he is doing. Like, this is not a, this is not a life. This is not the, you know, the ideal life. And if you have the option to get out, you know what I'm saying? That's what he's been trying to do. Yeah. And I, I don't understand how Tariq could still be this much of a dick when it's just like, how do you not realize the correlation between that life and the, his connection to that life that got your sister killed? Mm-hmm. Granted, you had the you, you had the major hand in it. It's This is the life he was trying to keep you away from him. You, he was trying to keep you guys away from. So it's like, how can you be this much of a jerk at this point Tariq is lashing out because ghost is his put a foot in the sand of like i'm not going to help you with this drug stuff which a logical parent is going to do it's like i could see Tariq being mad at ghost for not letting him play football because he feels it's dangerous that's i get but it's like dude i don't want you in a life where people die every day i don't what how is that unreasonable and that's just to me the fact that that's the vibe I'm getting from Tariq now is like you you don't want you don't want to take me fishing, but instead of fishing, you know, selling bricks and stuff like that. So I hate you. It's like that from a writing standpoint, it's a little illogical. Like I feel like they they need to play it like, you know, Tariq needs to be completely, at least on on the surface, he needs to be on board with whatever whatever Ghost is selling. It's like don't even show the animosity. Like if you don't want him to be a part of it, fine. But like you lashing out and being this dick to him for actually wanting to do something kind of noble. It's just, it makes Tariq look even worse than he already does. Yeah, what did just, you think about that? It's just the way that they show him kind of teen angst, I guess. And they just don't know a subtle way of doing it. So that's probably like a writing issue where they just don't know a way. But like I said, he's just being openly disrespectful. He's still calling them ghosts when he tells them not to. He keeps on the fact that, you know, everything Ghost has is based off the same game he's trying to get into, which is drug money, uh, which seems to be his constant rebut, um, rebuttal to anything that Ghost says about, like, him leaving it alone. was like, well, why should I? I got you all this nice stuff. So they're just showing him the trying to – they're showing Tariq just being openly as disrespectful as possible. And I don't know if they're trying to do it to show what Ghost's breaking point is or whatever it may be, but that's all that, that's all that seems to be all the interactions is just the way that they can show Tariq disrespecting his dad once again. Yeah, so enters Ramona. Yep, making googly eyes as usual, praising Ghost. Oh, Ghost, Ghost, Ghost should be the lieutenant governor. Ghost may be a politician, and then Tariq once again takes a stab. He is. Yep. Is uh, don't they do background checks? I was like, dude, like, what is? (laughs) At that point, it's just like, okay, you're you're doing too much, and then that that's him being petty, when, as usual, Tariq. Being the the little you know spoiled dick that he is, it's like he he still doesn't understand that if your dad goes down, it's a wrap for you. You don't get to walk away clean. 
especially considering the fact that and we and that this is actually the perfect segue into the next scene um we get sax and running up on blanca's house um they're putting the pieces together from seasons ago like Tariq being Tariq is like he he doesn't he doesn't look at the big picture everything they've done whether he agreed with it or not for the most part has been to protect him right um I think a part of it has to be that they have to show him this way to show how naive he is as just being a you know he's still a kid he's you know he's a teenager but and he's trying to get into growing up stuff but they got to show how naive he is of just being a child that just doesn't know everything that the world might have in store for him or what comes from these consequences of things. So I think that's a nice, I think, I think that part of it is a nice, uh, character development thing they're doing for him. Yeah. So like I said, uh, Sax, I don't know why I blanked on his name. Uh, Sax goes to Blanca's house. We get the reveal that Blanca is married to a woman. Yeah. That was Um, no shock to me. For real? Yeah, I could tell. Uh, I just figured that they would have kept her single um, or not even really get into her personal life. Um, but we, you know, we get <laughs> sex being sex, like the, the, the subtle look of shock on his face. Um, but also like the sleaziness of him trying to like be super like extra polite to, to her wife and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, classic sex. Mm-hmm. And checking so, her out when she went down the hallway. Right. Um, but this was more sacks, you know, last yeah. resort. He failed with Keisha, he failed with Tariq. So now he's going to Blanca, the only legitimate police worker that we've ever seen yeah. in this show, and trying to yeah. get her, you know, throw one last Hail Mary to see if she, he can get her back on his team to save his career and keep his ass out of jail. Yeah. And they, uh, if, if Sachs had been on the up and up sooner, they, he probably would still kind of have a job but yeah uh blanca like you said the the only legit law enforcement since greg knox putting it down with actual police work and they they put a whole bunch of pieces together um they they find out that Tariq went and picked up Kanan's ashes under a fake name mm-hmm. um which i praised at the time but now that uh Clearly, he went into, I guess you could say, like a medical facility um, or a police facility, whatever. A place with cameras um, wasn't that smart. Um, and Blanca putting together that, like, yeah, these these two stories, these two testimonies don't add up. Uh, we, of course, get her going to run up on Dre uh, with his daughter mm-hmm. and tells him that, like, yo, what do you have? Like, I know, I know who you are. I know, you know, what's on your ankle. Uh, what, what do you got? What you got? And, uh, we get Dre making moves. You know, he's been burned by pretty much everyone. Right. So, so he has no loyalty to this group. Right. They've tried to kill him on multiple occasions. Granted. I mean, granted he tried to kill them too. So yeah, I don't know why he would be shocked. Yeah. But this was the, this um, but, was when I, I was shocked that he was so blatantly willing to give up information. Um, but I guess when you're back to the wall, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, because he he immediately he gives desperate. up the fact that uh, Cannon didn't kill Ray Ray, um, and he doesn't know who killed him. 
but he does know who was asking for information about his whereabouts and he knows who he told where Ray Ray was and of course that leads back to Tariq Um, weirdly he you know he tells he tells uh, Blanca that like if you do this for me not only do I want this ankle monitor off I want Saks fired for what he did to me mm -hmm. which while what Saks did was grimy I, I, it it was funny to me <laughs> that that Dre felt scorned after the trail of bodies that he's left over these full seasons right. like man after all the grimy stuff he did Saks semi screwing him it's like is is dre's version of you know what that really wasn't fair what he did to me i guess he feel, I feel keeping a man from his daughter is crossing the line so maybe that's what it is that's like the, the only thing he really did that was really horrible was like take his daughter from him right the rest in, of it, i feel in, like that's chalking up the police work yeah but in retrospect, I think of all the people Dre has uh, kept from their families. Oh, I'm not you know giving Dre no pass. I'm just oh, yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And, and well, thinking about his mindset. Most of that. Like, he clearly waging war on dark-skinned dudes. He killed uh, Donovan and BG. <laughs> um, stabbed, the, I think, the, the kid in the park that he stabbed in broad daylight. I think he was dark-skinned. <laughs> so, I, you know. Possibly. Dre, <laughs> Dre is a wild one. Uh, so, speaking of wild incidents, oh, boy. Uh, we get the um, the pre-debate debacle where Tate is. Oh man, Tate! I, I love that they've been they've been making Tate funny. Like yeah. you know, they've been letting him kind of cut up a bit. Um, where he's getting ready, you know, he's getting his makeup on and everything, and Ramona comes up to him, and um, she has a proposal for him and everything. And this fool said like, "Hey, uh." I, I already tried to give you a, a, a taste of my best attribute. <laughs> you lost, boo. Uh, dude is hilarious. And I love I love the way they, they've been kind of giving us more layers to him instead of just like the the phony governor candidate. How right. did you feel about um, that lead up and it, the outcome? I feel like they've been giving him more and more, I guess kind of making him more like getting away all that phony politician stuff and showing like the real inside him. And he got really really crazy in this uh for one all this you know his whole obsession with dick talk and sex talk that's with ramona um just his the boldness and more and more bold he's been getting with his responses to ghosts and uh dropping niggas and all this type of stuff and dropping fuck yous and all this type of stuff he's been doing has really showed a lot of difference um like the 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 the, the real him compared to that fake stuff that he had when he first started on the show. He was just a councilman and he was just a politician. So I like how they get in this whole deeper dive into his particular thing. Um, as far as the whole thing, I didn't really fully understand what Ghost's ghost motivation was at this particular time. Why yeah. Ghost would want to set him up the way he did to make him not the candidate anymore. Um, especially because at that time he hadn't dropped the, the QCP. Late in the episode he does yeah. with the, QP, the QCP is canceled. So I didn't understand why Drake would work with Derek to try to take Tate down at that down in that moment. What he had to gain from that. Yeah, um, I'm my I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, what do you have to gain here? And my first thought is maybe maybe he's maybe he gets him to, to you know to shoot himself in the foot and then he gets to come in and be the hero. And that way he can use it as leverage to get even more for yeah. the for the QC. But in that case he shot him in the head. It oh, wasn't he, just he, no he flesh wound. He basically killed him. 
yeah, he, he gave him the rope to hang himself, which hilariously petty move, but it was really strange of like, what was your end game here? Like, I don't understand uh, what, what you were trying to do. Um, but the little, the little funny looks between him and uh, Derek, um, that was gold. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was just really strange. And, you know, as we've seen in, in many a nineties, uh, holiday movie or cartoon, uh, Tate gets caught slipping out there and talking all kinds of reckless. Um, it happens. I feel like you'd like, like said, every TV show where they put a microphone on somebody, the bad guy, the bad guy always ends up saying something negative about the people and somebody on the mic magically gets turned on and his true thoughts are already sown. So, you know, that was kind of cheesy, but I also think it was kind of uh, a good, a good move they made. So I, I, honestly, yeah. I honestly didn't know where they were going with this Tate thing as far as, are we really going to watch the rest of the show, him just trying to be governor of the state? And why is that important to any of the main characters? Yeah. Um, real quick scene of Tariq going all thief mode and going through his teacher's desk and finding out, um, getting dirt. Uh, pretty much giving himself some insurance to kind of help him and his mom rope uh, his teacher into being a Primera for him. Um, so Tariq learning uh, and also like kind of keeping his word and being honest with his mom about, you know, how he was able to do it and also showing that like he is smart even though he's dumb. He he does have his moments where and it, Tasha is legit impressed was just like okay um as reckless as that was like this this can work we can make this work um so we're seeing you know we're seeing these two just kind of get it get it in action yeah so so far good so far so good um when it comes to his enterprise into this new school and possibly a new um connect uh, not connect a new distributor um I'm a little bit worried about, you know, why anybody would try to sell drugs through a teacher uh, at a private school. It's just ain't kind of far-fetched, but yeah. I mean, maybe they'll make it work. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But you know, yeah. good move on to Reese Park. Getting some research, doing yeah. some ghost. That's some ghost type of stuff. Sneaking in, getting yeah. the research, getting the upper hand on somebody. So they right. they show he is cut from his father's cloth. Definitely. That was definitely a ghost move, you know study your enemy and figure out how to how you can use it to to one up them um so we get a quick scene of tate whose back is against the wall and desperate um he he wants and and i kind of i think this sort of this sort of like establishes our theory that like uh ramona comes in and tells him like look if you want to fix this you're kind of going to need james um so what do you want to do? And Tate being desperate and realizing that this is literally his only shot. Uh, he, he agrees. He's like, all right, you know, call him up. I'll get the press. Um, we'll fix this and we'll, we'll work on, on the bounce back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, that's, that, that's just what that was. It was just a good transition scene to uh, ghost ultimate act of defiance against Tate or the ultimate severance of their connection uh, which happens a little bit later in the episode, so it was just kind of a bridge, uh, kind of a bridge, a bridge scene. Yep. So we eventually we knew that because um, it's been it's been pretty much set up 
from Tommy and Keisha's connection that the inevitable decision was going to be made. Is it going to be your son or is it going to be Tommy? And um, to be honest, I didn't expect the decision to come this quick into the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get Blanca playing hardball. I never, to be totally honest, up until this point, I never had an issue with Blanca's methods of how she did her police work. She, like I said, I think if you if you team her up with Angie, you you get like a a dope crime show where one of them where they're both like willing to go the extra mile for um to get the man, but like you could see Blanca being usually the voice of reason of like no like we we can't tiptoe around this you know we can't play dirty uh, we gotta do this the right way where. Clearly, Angela Valdez was all was fine with playing dirty, mm-hmm. and you get a you get a dope TV show. This was the first time like I was like, "Yo, Blanco, this was grimy." Like this was while everything she said was and kind of did was pretty much a preview of what would happen. Like the fact that she went this far was that was it was rough. It almost it was almost a little hard to watch. Um, not so much their interaction, but the fact that they kept showing cash in the back seat, mm-hmm. um, and that one, that one hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because as if there isn't enough, like you, you probably scarred this kid because you put this little black boy in the back of a police car for 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 nothing, right? How did you feel about that scene? Yeah, and even the build up to it, where she kind of Keisha's explaining to him, hey. Keep your hands still, sit straight, don't move around. When right. they first got pulled over, before she even knew what the situation was, it was back to the uh, opening scene where they kind of teaching like, "This is what you got to do when you are a black young kid um, in this country," which is sad. Uh, and then the actual, you know, holding them hostage, and basically, I thought they would do. A, I thought they would do more to kind of get Keisha. I didn't think she would cave so easily. Um, just at the thought of her son just being in a police car, I thought maybe they would go to like a thing where they maybe, you know handled her for a little bit longer or maybe kind of went through her throughout an episode and then finally got her to crack. It was basically, Hey, we got your son, put him in the back police car. She was like, okay, I'll sign the paper. And she gave up like really, really easy. But we also got the whole season of them building up, basically letting it be known. It's it's going to come to, yeah, it's going to come down to your son or Tommy. And we always knew that she was going to always choose cash. Um, So to me, I wish they would have did a little better job of building up the threat of taking cash away throughout the episode, then she just pull him up, yeah. take him and put him in the back of the police car, and she immediately caves in. Yeah, she. I mean, she was a little resistance. Yeah, barely. Um, I mean, but you know, timing. Like I, yeah, like yeah. I said in another episode, like they kind of run into a bit of that. Um, the game of the the problem Game of Thrones had, where it's just like, okay, this is the last season, and we like we got some more episodes, but because we went from ten episodes to more episodes, um, we we kind of got to rush this, you know what yeah. I'm saying? We got to, we got to let the, we got to let the viewer just kind of suspend a bit of logic and mm-hmm. just be like, okay. That's also and, one of my problems with, with power in general throughout the seasons is that they always seem to have pacing issues. Like they don't know how to properly pace the story throughout the entire, however many seasons episodes they have. And then you always get this rush job towards the end of the seasons. I feel like that's a, a recurring thing that happened every year with this show. That's nothing new to it. Yeah, and truthfully, like if we were still a ten episode season, um, what with this being eight, like yeah, we're right on. This is this would be right on track for 
uh, holy crap, we gotta we gotta hurry up because we only got two more episodes left. Right. Um, and now that we've mentioned it, I think that's probably why this episode did feel a little faster or shorter because there was a whole lot of A to Z without um, like skipping a bunch of letters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, uh, you know, she gets her son back, and it it was literally one of those things where it's just like, yeah, it sucks that she caved, but at the same time, you know. It was her son. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wouldn't expect someone to, unless you're you're cr- someone crazy like Tommy, it's like, the, she made the right choice. Mm-hmm. Like, that's her son. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure had, uh, <laughs> had I mean, you argue the right over. choice with her just to been keep struggling with her shop and never getting involved in all this stuff to begin with. Exactly. I mean, she could have just kept taking care of her son being a hairdresser. She didn't have to pine for this lifestyle of being a kingpin's wife or whatever so it, 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 you can ask all type of questions when it comes to her and her motivations but cash has always been the number one priority for her yeah. so it's good that they kind of stay true to you know her previous actions yeah so Keisha has a new set of problems oh we also get the line that uh, she pretty much when he comes back to her when he comes back to her he, she tells him like do not tell anyone about this um, don't tell anybody about what happened and that that becomes that comes into play later on in the episode um, so meanwhile ghost is behind his bar which I, I'm I'm a little shocked and I, this this either this could be an oversight or this could just be lazy writing um, how up until Raina's death, um, in that period, they made it a point to, to kind of show that like ghost doesn't really drink. Um, and when he drinks heavily, like things, bad things happen. Like he mm-hmm. goes to bad places, uh, and he, he goes to the, the death of Raina, uh, just ridiculously drunk. And he, he, a lot of alcoholic, um, symptoms, this season, he's had a drink like every episode. Yeah, he has and been binge drinking, but he has been. You know I mean, every time he's in truth, they normally show him drinking some type of drink. Yeah, my thing is so, like, I don't know. what's up with truth? It's like I feel like it's always open, the doors are never locked, and people are just always just randomly walking into the truth. Like it's never <laughs> like a secure, like a uh, a uh, a worker. Like, oh hey, Mister St. Patrick, uh, you have a guest. It's always just people just walking up on them. While he's sitting at the bar and just start talking right. to him. Like, where's security, man? Do you yeah. have security? Um, but we get a quick little back and forth between Ramona and Ghost, uh, where she can you can tell that she she knows there's more to him than he's showing, but she still wants the peen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can see it in the way she kind of handles oh, him. Oh, no, I thought it's Blanca. Oh no no no! The, the Blanca comes up to him later. This was this was Ramona comes up to him first. This was all um, one scene. I don't even remember Ramona even talking to him. No, it, well, she. This is her. This is when she comes up to tell him that like Tate wants you for the photo ops and everything. Oh okay, yeah, I forgot and all he's about like, that. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, he was like, I'll be there. So, um, Cash, and that was kind of a an interesting like kind of transition. Uh, we get Tommy dropping off cash at basketball practice. Um, we get the hilarious thing where, you know, and good acting on cash's part. Um, this actor that's playing cash's part where he's like, 
he he's it's something weighing on him. And you know, he asks like, "Yo, can I ask you a question?" He's like, "Hey, Tommy, this fool is like, is it about sex?" And the quick like, "No, man, nah, not not that." Um, and he lets he tells him like, "Hey, we got pulled over by the police," and he 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 said, "I did everything you told me," and they told me that they were gonna take me away. He, he pretty much laid down. He gave him the bullet points of what happened, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Did I do the right thing?" And Tommy, being Tommy and he was like yeah you did the right thing because as stated early in the episode she he told him if anyone messes with you including the police tell me right and while Keisha did tell Cash not to tell anyone she did not specifically say don't tell Tommy um and I think that was a that was an important that was an important thing that like I don't know how many people caught that like I didn't I don't I rarely get on Twitter during or after power but like I'm pretty sure people found a way to like blame Keisha for that and when it really it that's not on anyone it's it's essentially cash following directions like she didn't he didn't tell anyone so I think that's why it was weighing on him but he did follow Tommy's directions by telling Tommy mm-hmm. um, where you know Keisha should have been way more specific ideally you know what i'm saying but you need a story you know what i'm saying we need to build up um, what did you think about that and on top of that what did you think about uh all these white parents just kind of eyeballing tommy um dropping off this little light-skinned boy yeah i think tommy even told one of the guys like what are you looking at or something like that uh like, I, I like i like your thoughts on it i think it was like because the interesting dynamic is and something that you see in um a lot of families where uh you, you when normally we hear your mother saying don't tell nobody we don't mean your dad you know we don't think that right. your, the, the, your mother saying don't tell everybody like don't tell your dad inclu- is including everybody else so he was kind of in a dilemma it's like I know my mom told me not to talk to anybody about what happened but Tommy is like for all, you know his dad in this situation I don't know what his relationship with his other dad is they never showed that guy but for right now Tommy's uh, kind of the father figure in his life I think they just said he was yeah, an ex-con or a con or something I think, think Blanc even talked jail. about it. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, talked cause... about it. Well, in the threat, she talked about uh, we gonna take him to CPS and it won't be with that ex-con or that con. Oh right, right, father, right. So whatever. He, he was in jail, but he's not anymore. Yeah. So Tommy is like the father figure in his life. Um, so then you kind of torn in a in a situation where you're torn between following exactly what your mother said, but also following what your dad kind of said. Um, when your dad's like, we don't keep those secrets, so anybody messes with you, you gotta come to me. Um, so that little kid did actually a good job with his with his kind of being torn between that. Um, awesome did he make the right decision? Who knows? Um, but that kind of laid into what happens between uh, Tommy and Keisha uh, as far as Tommy finally confronting her about it. Right. Go on in. You you, you already segued into yeah. It. So Go he on, so you know they're in the kitchen. He makes it seem like oh he's just helping her put some stuff away, and then he just pulls it straight out. Cash told me what happened. Why didn't you tell me? Um, and she, I think, quick thinking on her part goes into, uh, I was nervous, I was scared, I didn't want you to think that I was disloyal. Um, totally ignoring the part about the fact she agreed to cooperate, which I think if she would have told Tommy in that situation, Tommy would have been hurt, but I think Tommy would have tried to find a way to try to get her out of it. But her keeping continuing to lie about it kind of set her up for um, her ultimate fate, where if she would have been like, Tommy... The whole story, instead of just saying, oh, the police just talked to me. Um, I was a little scared to tell you because your mom told me what happened to Holly. 
and I don't want you to give you a reason to um, distrust. So her not being fully honest kind of might, you know, backfired on her. Yeah. Um, well said. Uh, we, we also get when uh, Tommy, like, tells him, tells her that, like, yo, I'm not that person and you're not Holly. Uh, it was a weird turn. But, like, when, when they're having this big moment, that's when Keisha decides to ask, why is my name on the lease? Yeah. I was like, that's that's strange. Like, yeah, because, I mean, that's a fair question. It's a fair question. Because they made like, it seem like her name was on the lease so she could take the fall when he had good intentions. Like, your name is on this lease because this house is paid off. And if, you know, I, I work in a, jang- a dangerous job. And if something happens right. to me, at least you'll be taken care of. You'll have a place to stay uh, instead of being asked out. Yeah, so, but, you know, we see in that, that hug that, like, she's scared, and, and rightfully so, because while she told the truth, she didn't tell the whole truth. Yeah. Um, she did not tell them, tell him that Witsek is coming to pick them up like an Uber driver. Right. Um, so, we leave there, and we go to this parking lot where uh, old skeevy Mr. Radler pops his trunk and uh, finds a, a present waiting for him. Um, and just already looking so suspicious. And all I could think was just like, Mr. Rattler's going to be the one that, that screws this up. Yeah, like, something weird going to happen. Up. Yeah, like straight it, up. So To me, this was another odd scene. It's like, you all you know is this guy asked you about drugs. And you just gave him a bunch of drugs not knowing if he is a hardcore user. If he has any way to actually sell this product. So, so uh, to me, it didn't really... I think they should have did a more filling out process and instead of just saying, here's a bunch of drugs, put the money to replace the drugs, and then we in business together. So I didn't really love the way that they set up this partnership or this guy working for him in this particular situation because it just didn't seem realistic. And the fact that he pulls up in broad daylight, rolls the window down, and says, hey, was it you? And thank God to replayed it off. But I was like, this dude is reckless like right. what is what is wrong with him yeah um so yeah i i'm calling it now like when this all goes down whether it's in the spinoff or at this point I, I guess we can i think we can go ahead and put you know put put him in in the casting for it but it he's gonna ruin he's gonna ruin something like i'm calling it now mm-hmm. um so we get we get Tommy calling Ghost and uh, pretty much telling him, like, look, Sax has got to go because he's been asking questions. Uh, we get the, the the line from Ghost that, like, look, you need to chill. Law enforcement is off limits. You know that. Or maybe you don't. And this is where Blanca comes in. Oh, okay. And uh, she drops that Sax is on suspension. And uh, that's where they get the heads up that, like, oh. He is no longer off limits. He right. is very much on the table. Um, before I turn it over, Ghost definitely like on the on the walkout, uh, which he did a great job of just like, look, I'm not answering any questions. Get out of my face. Leave my son alone. Mm-hmm. And he he had the the awesome the awesome walkway line of have whatever day you're going to have. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm start using going, that. That's hilarious man, to me. I've never heard man, anybody say that before. You have whatever day you're gonna have. Like that's. That's a new level of petty. It's like polite, super polite petty, but like not, not like trying to be cute petty. 
Because normally uh, people will even say have a good day or have a nice day even when they like dismissing somebody that they don't really like. But when he said have any kind of day you want, you're going to have, that, that to me that was hilarious. That That's a new line I got to use from now on. Because it's true. Why am I wishing everybody have a happy day or a good day when right. they don't mean good by me? So you do whatever you're going to do, get out. <laughs> but we also saw, as uh, he got the line off on her, but she ultimately won this round because she did uh, some excellent police work and something I learned from actually SVU. I feel like they do this on SVU all the time where they get somebody to smoke a cigarette or drink drink something out of a cup and throw it in the street and then they immediately grab it so they can steal the DNA off of it. Right. My question, just on a, I guess, a realistic standpoint, does she have a right to take that glass out of truth? To me, I feel like, I don't know, because I feel like it's a, it's a public business, but it's not open for the public at the time. So I know if you throw anything away in public, like if you throw something in a trash can or you leave it on the street corner, the police can't take it and get DNA off of it. But it's not his home, but it is his place of employment. And I feel like the place of employment got to give you permission to take anything from an employee. And he definitely didn't do that. Um, right. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm curious. Is, I, you know, we need to ask a lawyer. We need to get a lawyer on here because I don't know for because sure. Because I, I thought that was I thought that was a little, you know. It was a little. That was a little suspect. It was a little shady because it's like, I don't think she can do that. Like if it would have been better if, like you said, like she caught him throwing something away outside. Mm -hmm. But like she's literally in his place of business. So I'm wondering if I'm honestly wondering if this is something that's gonna possibly come back to bite him or excuse me, bite her. Like if this was her slip up movement, where it's just like I see an opening and I'm gonna take the shot, where it's just like. No, you probably shouldn't have taken that shot, and that's what kind of screwed you over. Right. Because um, while she's bagging that, uh, we get we get a frantic Keisha trying to get out of this, and uh, Blanca told him like, "Dude, you signed. Yeah, um, you effed. It's a wrap. You've you've already decided. There's no flip flopping. As Tommy told you earlier, you can't decide when you want to be down and when you don't want to be down. Like things are in motion. Like your Uber is on the way. Mm -hmm. Um. So we get Ghost and Tommy in their uh, their sneaking outfits. They're all black. Um, you know, our Ghost plus ten stealth, plus five dexterity, mm -hmm. um, and and plus fifty confidence. Where you you feel confident enough to run up in a, a person's spot on in broad daylight, right? <laughs> to kill them, uh, we get a quick um, update on their project to take down Midditch where he tells them, um, Hey man, uh, I got up, I got a place where we can take him out. And he's like, all right, cool. Just shoot me the address. Like just so casual, mm -hmm. uh, super strange. Um, how did you feel about the lead up to the break in? Uh, like I said, I don't think it was like I said, all the, all the, all we really got out of that was just that quick message about, Hey, continue their business with taking out Midditch. Um, did they do anything else? Did they talk about? Were they talking to each other? Or they just kind of show up and then they went in there. I don't even remember. They, they kind of, yeah. It was a quick little, you know, rundown of just like what they planned on, mm -hmm. kind of like what they planned on doing. And then they they mentioned the midage thing. Uh, we get the text from Ramona that um, that the the are they supposed here, the, he's supposed to be meeting with Tate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, um, he blew that off. Find him. Yeah. Um, I don't even think he. Yeah, I don't even think he responded. Nah, they just went so, up about uh, running up into uh, uh, Sax's place. Right. Caught him literally with his pants down, yep. which 
you you with the a sleaze ball like sax you got to give a, you, you have to have that moment with him um sax had a nice little place uh but you know he a district attorney so just to make good money making, i don't know what they yeah. do yeah. yeah, this was an interesting scene in the fact that it showed the the dynamic duo working again uh, and how they work so well together. Um, you know, what, do I believe they would have did it in broad daylight? Of course not, but they did it. Um, some uh, to me, I, at this point, I'm not sure why Ghost would let him go when Ghost knows he's suspended, though. Like, I, I, Ghost at this point knew that he was not a... The only reason he agreed to kind of move on him was that he knew he wasn't law enforcement anymore. So I don't know why Ghost came with this idea to let him go. Like, he would have some connection with the AUSAs a moving forward when he is clearly on the outs with them. So that's the only part of that scene I didn't understand. I think it was a good scene. Uh, exactly what Ghost said will happen, what happened. Nobody will believe him. That's why he was confident oh, man, in letting him go. That um, was perfect. Yeah, that Tommy. Tommy admitted to everything. Uh, Sax tried to be cute and, and try to make it seem like uh, he was telling on Tommy by saying Tommy killed Angela. Ghost was like, "You already know that ain't saving your ass." Um, but for some reason, Ghost let him go to try to use as a pawn or a movement inside of the AUSA. Uh, but seeing how, how Sax got fired later, I don't know what the point. What the point of that was? Right. I think you know. And again, we. We give Ghost a lot of crap, but his mind was, okay, clearly, clearly, you know, they're moving in on Tariq, so we can we can probably use this guy as our inside man. Um, we had Angie, but clearly she's dead, uh, but we can use him as the inside man, and we can, we can use him to get info so we know what we're dealing with to keep Tariq out of this. So it's like, again, as much crap as, as we give Ghost, he's done a lot to to protect Tariq. Um I thought it was hilarious where Tommy, you know, being the jerk that he is, is like, oh yeah, by the way, I did do it. Like he straight up confesses, like, yeah, I did do it. And <laughs> you're not right. gonna do anything about it. And they ain't uh, gonna Sachs, save your ass. Yeah. Right. Sachs being um he's like, so what, you just gonna kill me? Ed Ghoster's like, I didn't see anything. So it's like just the the sort of thief code and what a horrifying way to die. Like, obviously, we know he doesn't, but that was, oh, my God, that was hard to watch. Like, I think that's one of those things that's like, it's it's just, it's kind of gruesome. Like, it's kind of gruesome to put a plastic bag, have a plastic bag placed over your face, mm -hmm. and you just suffocating. Like, I'm pretty sure this is, like, one step above waterboarding. Um, I mean, it was quite torturous, so, so yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Saxon is gasping for air, dying breaths, lets it slip that, like, yeah, we have more on Tariq than you think. So I think that was probably what it was. Um, he kind of did need him because up until that point, they had no idea that, like, they connected Tariq to picking up Kanan. And that, that he now, Ghost has confirmation that, like, their original testimonies are screwed at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy, of course, is ready to to put a bullet in him, which usually um, is kind of the wrong thing to do. Honestly, I felt this was probably one of those times where it's just like, nah, you should you should probably go ahead and let Tommy do this real quick. Um, but uh, he tells him that like, yeah, I own you. Stay away from our families, and um, like he said, like no one's gonna believe you. 
no one's going to believe a word of this. Mm-hmm. Um, any any thoughts on that particular scene before we move on? No, nah, no, nah, well, I think we I think we got it. Okay, we got him. All right, so again, Blanco with some actual police work. Uh, not only with the gla- with the 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 fingerprint, she she manages to match DNA to uh, Ray Ray's murder, which I don't remember them saying, and this is probably one of those ones that someone who's deep into it will probably have to go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember them saying that they found DNA that wasn't Ray Ray's at, at that particular crime scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was about um, the season, what, season four or five to kind of, I don't remember even, kind of dig deep dive into that. Cause they, but they, cause they brought up a lot of stuff from that season with Ray Ray and them. That was what, season four? So, you know, I'm not about to go back and watch all those episodes just to kind of get a refresh on it. But I, I don't recall that. Um, but like I said, Blanca was on her job once again. Excellent police yep. work. Uh, found some more leverage to kind of push these uh, secondary characters into flipping on or maybe trying to use that to solve the Angela case, the Ray Ray case, which was her initial reason for getting involved in all this type of stuff. And then maybe bringing this Rico case against ghosts if all things play out the way she wants to. Right. Um, managed to get Dre what he wanted, which was um, getting that ankle monitor off. And she said that she wouldn't be bothering him anymore, but she did say she had a call. Yeah, she said you better um, pick up your phone, you know, pick up my call. So she she got, basically she got him what he wanted, but also got a favor in return, like later down the line. And, you know, right. we know Dre ain't above uh, being slimy and working with law enforcement to take down other people. So Dre is on the move. Uh, we get Keisha counting up some money, um, whether it's le- legit or le- or illegal, mm-hmm. one that we may never know. Uh, but we get Ghost calling her to pretty much give her the the break the news that like yeah the our story is screwed. Right. Somebody um, told somebody fed, changed your story. Yeah. Right. The feds are are you know the feds are are closing in. And he pretty much tells her that you need to go talk to Keisha because um, I already tried with a check. It didn't work. Right. And she also thinks I sent someone to try and kill her. Um, So she decides that she's going to go and handle it. Yeah. Um, Blanca, again, actual police work. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and also being kind of a jerk, like talking about this as a step down from the hotel. Right. She didn't have to say that. Patty ass. <laughs> she rude. And um, <laughs> scoping out her, her apartment. Sasha so was like, I bitch, just... do you want something? Or did you just come to right. assault my apartment? And Meanwhile, I... hold real quick. <laughs> and I, I got this from another show. When they showed Blanca, where Blanca lived in that brownstone, Ain't no New York police sergeant making no kind of money. Her wife must be making a lot of money because that house was it's way possible. too nice. You also got to remember that she was with um, Internal Affairs, too. Man, ain't no so cop making no that kind cop. of money. It don't matter. She won't no beat cop. Ain't, I don't know, man. That was like, a million dollar house. Cops ain't making that kind of money. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, yeah, but hey. It's, but she can. You know. She Her house is nice enough that she could shit on. Uh, she could stunt on Tasha's house. Uh, but that Correct. ain't you know she shows and up. Her marriage is intact. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. But she shows up, uh, like you were saying, to let Tasha know. Basically, we got Tariq at the scene. 
Um, we did. Yeah. We found some DNA, some blood work that was left there. It was a drop left there, and we know that Tariq was at least at, at least Ray Ray's present. place. Yeah. Yeah, at least in the vicinity. And then she basically, um, and to me, this was a, a weird thing because she also let her know that it was a witness or somebody was talking to, um, it was given a different story that they had previously gave. And to me, it seemed like this was a, a move that Proctor and Sachs had used in the past that was only going to get the witness hurt or killed. So I don't know if she was yeah. purposely trying to set Tasha up to be hurt or killed, or maybe, uh, not Tasha, Keisha to be hurt or killed, or maybe. To sick them on her, so make Keisha even more scared and more willing to cooperate, or what her goal, pl- what her plan was. But she could have just hit her with the DNA. She didn't have to also talk about a possible witness, which you know led to Keisha's mind to 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 be to start racing even more. Yeah, it was definitely uh, an interesting choice. Um, like you said, the the DNA evidence should have been fear enough, but um, it could have been just like what Proctor and Sachs did, was just like let me let me see if I can force her to mess up. Like, let me see if I can force her, one of them to flip on the other. Um, meanwhile, at Tate headquarters, it's over. Party's done. Game, set, match. Mm-hmm. It all, life comes at you fast. It, it, everything is crumbled. And um, Tate's done. Uh, he, he drunk. And he, he's got a legit question. It's just like, why would you need to do that? Um, you know, and Ghost being as petty as he was, just being like, yo, like, why, you know, why did you need to go that far? And Ghost just being like, hey, you you gave Derek all the reason he needed to, to tank you. And he drops the bomb. Like, it's a, it's a wrap. Like, there is no more Queen's Child Project. Right. My, my candidacy is done. Therefore, this project is done. Right. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, to me, I think this is going to lead to, like, an all-out really seeing what um, Tate is all about. Because I think, uh, start with next week, Tate is going to be Tate is going to be on an offensive where he has been kind of, like, keeping it cool with ghosts or kind of oh, yeah. playing cool with ghosts. But I think he's also now going to be another person that's on the enemy list for ghosts. Um, so, I w- I'm curious to see where that goes or where they take Tate. Now that he can be fully free to kind of get into this, his his gangster dangerous background, so I'm, I, yeah. I, I like to see where that's gonna go. I think I I, I totally agree. I, I'm really looking forward to see how they play that. Um, from there, uh, speaking of people being done, Sax is out of there. Finally, fine. Right. <laughs> so uh, the only thing would have made it better is they would have also arrested him on the spot. Right, that that's definitely what he did, what he deserves, and um, we get we get you know prophecies coming to pass, where he tells them, like, hey, they ran up on me, they broke into my place, they threatened to kill me, my pants were down, I was watching porn, it was a bad scene, <laughs> and um, just like just like Go said, like they'll never believe you. All right, and I think Warner had a perfect response because Warner was like. If these people are as bad as you've been telling me, telling me that they've been since he took the job and how bad they are and how they're these killers and criminals, you wouldn't be allowed to be telling me the story right now. So exactly. nobody believed them, which is just what ghosts um, say what happened. And I guess he was right. Uh, but so Saxon is gone. So the, the interesting thing about that is I'm curious as to 
because you know once that happens once Sachs gets fired he's no longer of use to ghosts because he can't be his inside man anymore so Sachs is as good as dead because um, no one's going to want to believe him and rather than you know just watching him suffer and be out in the world uh, trying to tell his story and no one believing him it he's back on the table as being able to be killed um and uh we get the the lead up to the big drop of this roller coaster ride uh we get this setup of uh cash and tommy hanging out which that scene when um tommy is like uh your mother's gonna be busy tonight Mm -hmm. like that had me like um is Tommy going to have her killed anyway? And he's just keeping cash out of the house. Right. Because that one, that it, it was, it was played super ominously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Keisha packing up and getting ready to run. Uh, we get all four ten of Tasha banging right. on the door. Um, <laughs> the first time Keisha wasn't a, 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 a running away from a knock at the door. Wasn't nervous. Is the one time she should have never answered the door. It, oh man goodness like literally the one time she she should have just let that doorbell ring mm-hmm. um even if it was tasha like you you play you pretend you're not home right um but tasha said i see your kind of driveway she wasn't going to just walk away i think that's right. what got her to open the door but to, uh real quick this is to me i like that how they went back and forth in this scene um between what tommy and cash was doing and um yeah the keisha and tasha thing because it, it, honestly, once they did get to the point past when they were coming to the Escalade and they went to the jewelry store and he was clearly shopping for engagement rings, I thought it was going to take a different turn. I thought they were yeah. setting it up that Tommy was going to propose to her and then she was going to be like his wife. And, a, you know, wives can't testify against husbands or they can't force a wife to testify against a husband in like criminal Which proceedings. Which might have been his, that might have been his plan. True, true. Like, I, I'm not going to doubt that he loves her, but like, I think that was an instant fix like it was a quick fix so i feel like that that could have very well been his plan yeah. um and that's you know that's why i think it was letting leading but of course we know back at the house uh keisha and tasha are basically arguing uh keisha's like i know what you are doing yada 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 tasha's like yeah uh you know i'm doing it for cash i'm doing it for my son and then she even makes a plea she was like look i won't snitch on nobody just let me leave uh, I won't work with the police. I'll just disappear. I'll take my son. We disappear. We go on about our business. Um, and nobody will know where we are. And I think Tasha kind of thought about it, but then Tasha also was like, no, if the police or the feds really want you, Keisha ain't smart enough to just disappear off the face of the earth and nobody ever right. find her. Right. The the very interesting dynamic about this, and, and, and it's, it's what makes the conflict even better, is the fact that they're literally doing these things. Both of them are literally doing these things to protect their sons. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's literally both their motivation. So they, they both have the right motivation, but it's just like they're a choice has to be made. Somebody has to, someone's going to have to have to lose. And that's just right. what it is. Um, and the, the crazy, the funny thing was just like in, in a, in a real world scenario, um, once Tasha snatches those keys, um, 
like I said, Tasha ain't but four ten. That's that was my problem too. Uh, Lala's way yeah, like, and not saying size always wins every fight. I've seen little right. guys beat up bigger guys, but in a fight with two untrained fighters, I feel like Lala would have just knocked her out or beat her up. Yeah, like Lala picks her up and and body slams her. Um, realistically, but you know we we need we need we needed this yeah. um, in in so many ways. Um, and one of the main ways I was just like. I'm glad to finally see Tasha get her hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Like this was, this has been missing for a long time. Hate that it had to be your best friend, but like, this is what like, okay, now I'm fully on board with Tasha being everything she's been portraying right. herself to be. Cause we've seen her uh, live scheme and be support and backup, but we never really see we've her seen a lot of tough talk. It. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. so they get the wrestling, uh, I think Keisha really did escalate this fight into what it became because Tasha was content with like, look, chill out. Don't go nowhere. Wait for Tommy to come home. We'll try to figure this out. But Keisha started looking at her purse and wanting to fight. And then that was just a mad dash for the gun, which led to the little tussle and led to some, I hate this in in movies. You see it all the time in movies and TV shows where two people are tussling over a gun, gun goes off and then they both got big shocked eyes and he got a shirt. Yeah. Then, of course, one of the motors when he falls back, you know, hurt. Um, so they did that whole kind of thing that we see all the time. Tasha's the one that catches a bullet. Not Tasha. Keisha was the one that Keisha. catches. And why are their names so so familiar? I mean, so similar to each other. <laughs> it's so annoying. Uh, but Keisha catches the bullet. Um, I think it was real, bo- uh, real cold-blooded that Keisha, like, ex- basically executed her. Like she was standing yeah. over top of her, she's begging, think about my son, think about him, and Tasha didn't think about nothing but her son, and put a bullet right. in um in Keisha's head. Rest in peace, Lala. Uh, we'll yeah, never see Keisha. you again. Yep. We'll probably get a flashback or two. Of course, of I course. feel like Tommy deserves a flashback. You think he'll? You think he'll get a ghost, Keisha? I doubt it. No, nah. I feel like it's fair. I, it would be fair, it. but we're not going. We're not going to get no ghost, Keisha. We may see her uh, her obituary or something like that, but I think... And then that got me to thinking about, does Tommy call the police in this situation? Or does Tommy, right. being the guy that he is, just kind of... Dispose the body. Dispose of the body. Because Tommy seems like the type that somebody can shoot his mother, kidnap his mother, punch his mother in the face, his grandma in broad daylight, and he ain't going to talk to no police no matter what. Right. And then on top of that, like, what does he tell Cash? Like, what do you say? How can you tell him anything? Because one minute y'all excited about proposing, you say something, go back to the car, I need to talk to your mom one-on-one, and then your mom ain't gonna never come out that house. So that might be right. the only thing that maybe forces him to have the police involved, is to try to protect cash in a way. But in this particular situation, Keisha gone, the Fed's still looking for him. I, I don't know where we go from here. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to see what these next two episodes have to show. Yeah, uh, Rough way to go. Um, another uh, sad breakup for Tommy. And this was this was one of those things where it's just like I didn't see that swerve coming, um, because they the and this is one of the things that like we give, you know, we we keep it real when the writing is 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 weird on power. Um, we definitely call them out on it. They did this right because the minute that they they started hooking up and started making googly eyes at each other. You get the setup that, okay, at some point, Tommy's going to kill Keisha. And as Keisha gets in deeper, it's like, okay, any day now, Tommy's going to kill Keisha. And for her to get killed and not by Tommy and by Tasha, of all people, 
it's and they almost have you believe in it for a bit when uh the dude runs up in the in the uh the hair the hair salon but like this was a good swerve and i think this was one of those big home runs that the writers pulled off where it's just like at the last minute it's like okay yeah she's gonna die but definitely not by who you think yeah true um because all the foreshadowing will believe that tommy was going to do it and if keisha right. finally do it was a nice twist and i you know i enjoyed it. i think that was a nice cap off to the end of the episode um i think we talked about this in the past i think joseph sakura did a really good job of showing his angst or is angst the right yeah. word but showing his his heartbreak when he had to come in and kind of crater her body as he found her laying there dead. So I'm just yeah. curious to where we go next season. Does he think it's ghosts getting his revenge for Angela? Man. Does he think it's uh, the Serbians? Does he think it's another drug gang? Where does he go as far as to who he thinks, who he suspects does it? Um, and if he does find out Tasha, him and Tasha have a long history with a lot of love. Does he go to the point of Tasha's the next person that has to die. Does he accept that Keisha was a snitch and Tasha did the right thing? Very curious to see where they take Tommy moving forward. Yeah. Um, I I think I think just because he I think he, he blames Ghost. Um because that's what everybody else on the show does. Uh he that's the, the theme of the show, blame Ghost. Even though he legit one had nothing to do with this. And two, gave Keisha the option to jump ship literally last episode. And she refused. Um, And she refused. And I think, sadly, this is going to be another one of those things that Ghost gets the blame for. Um, Who knows? Like, that's another question I have is, will, will Tasha keep it 100 and tell him? Like, yeah, I killed Keisha. I took care of it. Um, Or is she just going to keep being Princess Petty? And it's like, yeah, I I did something crazy reckless, but I'm gonna hold something else over your head, because you know we know how she gets down. So uh, the next episode is it looks it it's it's obviously can only go but crazier from here. Um, it looks like we get uh, it's a quick shot of Blanca and Tommy meeting up to talk somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious how as to how that goes. We get it looks like Sax approaching Tasha. Um, and this is probably Sax making his last stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also get um, Tommy going through what happens to Tommy when he when he goes through breakups where he's just, you know, the crazy eyed stare where he don't blink. Yeah. And he's ready to kill everybody um, talking to ghosts. So, um, yeah, I'm ready for the next episode as well, man. Um, overall thoughts on this one? Uh, I think it's a strong episode. Uh, it was better than, not as good as Proctor's, not as good as that Proctor final episode, um, but probably the least the second strongest episode of the entire season. And they got to give us these, I I think they're going to have to keep coming with these shocking people, extreme circumstances moving forward for the rest of the season. At least these last two before they go into that mid-season break. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see another big name die um, in the coming weeks. Um, Good episode. Who do you think? Like, with that theory, like, who do you think? I mean, we still got Dre in play. Um, I feel like they, I feel like they, they gotta, you know, they, they, they can't have a show without Tommy and Ghost. So those two, if they gonna die, they gonna be in the last, last episodes. But I think this even opens up Tasha for play. I think, I know we count on Tasha to be on the spinoff with Tariq, but I think Tasha might be in play now, especially if, uh, depending on how the circumstances come, when Tommy finds out that she's the one to kill him. So we, we'll see. Uh, but I don't know. 
we we run out of characters. I, I think I was I got this little uh, picture <laughs> of like all the main people, and uh, half of them already xed out. out. So we'll oh, see. Man. What about you? What you think? Anything? Any uh, closing um, thoughts about the future predictions? I'm in this episode. This a, yeah, I'm in agreement. This is definitely uh, a heavy episode. Um, a whole lot going. A whole lot of pieces moved around. Um, I'm curious to see what Dre does with this newfound freedom. Um, I'm also curious to see what Blanca's phone call is. I'm wondering if that's to testify. Um, and yeah, like now that Tasha's got her hands dirty, like does she does she tell the truth um, if Tommy comes asking questions, or does she try to throw ghosts under the bus? Um, I could see I could see that. Like I could see her fully trying to get them back at at full-on war with each other uh we also see that midage is is uh back in the picture with a, a heavier role you see ghost asking him for a silent partner and i guess this is ghost refusing to let the qcp thing die but we also get tate dropping dropping his name um so i'm wondering what tate's i, I guess we're gonna get the, the the making of tate's uh his revenge his yeah. revenge deal going it's on a lot going on um, so yeah, I'm. They got me fully intrigued, left. man. They got me fully intrigued for these last couple episodes. I will say this is one of the few seasons where I haven't kind of wavered on whether I'm gonna keep watching. They, for the most part, pretty strong episodes. Um, kept his gaps and keep keep the shock and twist coming. And I guess that's what you yeah. can, you get when you are in a final season of a shirt a, a series. Never really, literally everybody is on the table. Anything can happen because they don't have to keep planning for future stories so i'm excited to see what's going to happen um real quick i know we haven't done this in a while we didn't do a last episode the mvp or the the, the person that won this episode got to be blanca uh, oh, i don't yeah. think she did anything negative oh, yeah. in this type so she did nothing but great police work did her job nothing fully and got a you know nothing but wins yeah so. yeah hands down she's definitely mvp and honestly i feel like she's in in the rankings right now she's in the lead um well only because Midage had like a two weeks of a bye week, because um, I don't even think he was in play. Yeah, he was in play last week. They made him so work together. Midage, he Midage hasn't really shown that top. much. Yeah, Midage is still at top. Um, I I think Blanca, if, if not tied for first, she's definitely like at a very close second place in the rankings because she's she's made she's come up so hard, and um, <laughs> especially you know throwing sacks under the bus in the in the process of doing it but like yeah definitely mvp um oof. this was this was a lot and um i guess to end it um on this note since they didn't say it um i'm gonna say it rest in peace bg <laughs> um you would not be forgotten and uh death to dre um you want to tell them where you can where they can find you at well, always find us on uh, find the show and previous shows, POP Podcast on Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find great podcasts. Come to the, I, the IG page uh, to check out the little clips and little everything show uh, related. Where can they find you, good brother? At pretty much at all those exact same places under Off the Clock Pod, O F F T H A Clock Pod. Um, same places for the podcast um same places i'm also on instagram under the same and um holler at us man like interact with us like we see we get a bunch of likes and people clicking and views 
we're not we're you know we don't bite like holla at us give us your thoughts on this um tell us what you think is gonna happen uh we 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 like feedback and hopefully we can get some guests on the show at some point and you know we'd like to hear from you guys maybe we can start reading some uh some viewer responses and your you guys theories because we know you have them so you know when you see the videos and uh you see the the promo pictures and everything shoot us a line you know tell us what's on your mind tell us how you how you feel um tell us who you think isn't gonna make it and what your theories are for the future indeed all right see you next week man see ya (laughs) 